0: Welcome to the Soulful Sound Podcast. This podcast is about celebrating the leaders, teachers, and coaches who guide fellow humans to connect, heal, and discover themselves so they can express their gifts into the world. I am Simone Niles, a coach, sound healer, vocalist, and author. Thank you for being here with me today. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Soulful Sound Podcast. I'm always so excited to welcome some amazing guests on this show. And today I'm joined by the beautiful Davin Youngs, who is a musical innovator who believes wholeheartedly in the transformational power of singing, voice and sound. Yes, Davin (laughs) has dedicated his life's work to using his voice to help others step into the power of their own. Oh my gosh, you are speaking my language or sounding my language. I love it. (laughs) Welcome, Davin.
1: Thanks. Glad to be here. Excited to have a conversation with you.
0: Yes, me too. And I always just like to jump in. The very first question I ask all my guests is really just a bit about you, your story, and how you got into the work that you're doing today.
1: Yeah. I mean, isn't that a loaded question? There are so many angles we could take. Um, I mean, the, the, Sort of the most direct path is that I've been singing my whole life, that my you know, mother tells the story of having me in the womb and not being able to sit still at my brother's musical rehearsal. And, and truly, some of my earliest memories are of singing and was very much supported from a young age in my voice and performance and singing. Mm. And uh, yeah, and pursued that throughout all of my childhood and into college, ended up at a conservatory for music, studying classical voice. And then, you know, bumped up against that 21 year old existential crisis where I was like, wait, what am I doing? What do I want to be doing? And, uh, and spent a good chunk of my 20s and into my early 30s, like really trying to figure that out, um, working in, uh, in administrative roles and offices and kind of singing professionally on the side in professional choirs and so forth. Um, but all the while also teaching others to sing, because that's what a lot of folks do when they go to college for a voice and then they try to figure out what they're going to do with their own and they think they'll teach along the way. So I did that too. Um, and that really proved to be very formative in terms of watching other people's process and journey and supporting them. And then, you know, really finding that the work that I was doing there wasn't just about singing. It was Mm -hmm. always, it was always reflective of some greater themes that were happening in their lives. And so in my later thirties or mid thirties, I confronted that truth within my own life in a more sort of extreme way. Um, And, and uh, how you say, had a spiritual awakening (laughs) that's sort of like the simplest way to say it but it was a dark night of the soul and a waking up moment in my life Mm. and uh, that was when I discovered um, sound as a healing modality and really made it my mission from there forward to couple my work that I had done around the voice with my own voice and others voices and think about it through a more holistic lens And so in my current life, that takes place in um, sort of three different facets. I do one-to-one and group coaching around voice, again, through a holistic lens, thinking about the voice as a tool for transformation and change in people's lives, using singing in particular as sort of the sounding board for creating change. And then um, I do corporate and professional uh, work where I bring improvisational singing, what's called circle singing, to teams and executives. And then um, the work that probably will resonate with a lot of your uh, listeners is I create immersive sound experiences. So I my signature ser- experience is called the reset, and it's an immersive sound experience that centers my voice singing through looping devices um, to create a fancy pants sound bath. <laughs> <laughs> <I love laughs> so it is very much an experience. It's like a you know, it's 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 it veers a little bit more towards a concert experience than a traditional sound bath might. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the the fast track version of. Of how I ended up doing what I'm doing and what I'm up to now.
0: Yes, that's beautiful, and I and I have to say that that was one of the things that I, when I looked at your work, I thought, oh, I have to talk to this creative because you're doing some really fascinating stuff, actually, with sound. And I actually call my experiences voice baths rather than mm-hmm. sound baths, just to distinguish, like, similar to you, voice is the main instrument and yeah. really what we've what we've been cultivating for so long. And but I love what you're doing, bringing um, digital and and modern um, instruments and sounds into the Into the work. And of course, I think there that's a beautiful crossover, especially for a lot of people who are not yet aware of what what sound can actually offer as a a tool for transformation. So do you feel called to use your voice and sound in a healing capacity? Learn how to use your voice therapeutically to facilitate healing and well-being. Whether you want to go deeper in your own healing journey or facilitate others in theirs, This training is for you. This online training runs over five weekends and offers theory, practice, resources and support on your path to becoming a qualified sound healer and for your personal healing journey. So when you think about your um, your own experience, so you spoke about your dark night of the soul and your spiritual awakening and going through that, um, is there would you say there was a thread that perhaps in reflection now that you could maybe sense all the way through. You spoke about being young and singing and going, using your voice. But in terms of the spiritual awakening, I'm wondering, I always wonder about that thread that led you to that point. Yeah. Maybe you could speak a little bit to that.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great question. And that's very clear for me. So, um, I mean, singing was always my... Uh, connection to divinity or to a higher power or to the universe or i grew up i'm the son of a minister i grew up singing in church i led people with my voice i knew from a young age that my voice carried power in terms of guiding folks into enhanced spiritual experiences i i, I remember you know i remember when singing at a young age in front of church and realizing that when i lifted my voice the other people felt permission to live theirs. The complicated part about that is, I was a queer kid in a small town uh, in the rural area of the Midwest, the United, the United States, and you know I was hiding, and yeah. so I there was this sort of duality in my life, and and I resolved that to a certain extent early on in my twenties, but I think it was until my thirties when I really was committed on a deep level to my voice being an expression of my authentic self. That that there was that, that I mean, the truth of the matter is no one can hide the truth of themselves through their voice, despite our efforts. Yeah. But but most folks do effort their way into some sort of hiding around their voice. And so I just like came to this point where I was like, I just need to show up exactly as I am who I am in the freest, easiest way possible. That yeah. also happened to correspond with some like um functional, technical, somatic changes that I made with my voice through the guidance of a really profound teacher in my life. Mm -hmm. And that also happened to correspond when I was beginning to use improvisational singing Mm -hmm. and some methods around improvisational singing. So this freedom piece, it was like this, you know, wanting to just be authentic with my identity, wanting to let the sound flow freely through my body and to just make it up, like to not be held to the confines of some of the sort of styles or songs. And that's what I've channeled into, particularly into the sound experiences. And hopefully it's a big permission slip for anyone who comes to pursue that same sort of journey in their life if they feel compelled to do so.
0: Yes, yes. And I think, I mean, it's it's so beautiful the way you phrased that. So thank you for being able to, I, I can tell that you've done that piece already. You're very mm-hmm. clear and articulate. Um, what's interesting is the improv piece, because I, I'm very much an improvisational um, sounder, singer myself. And I know the power of that freedom. As you said, we can't you know, who we are and our essence, this isn't something that we can make up. I mean, we, we make it up as we go along in the right. sense that we're evolving, yes. but who we are, we are. And when we're able to express that freely, that freely piece for me very much is that improv. Yes. And as, as you well know, and as you've already described, when we're in that state of doing that with our voice, how it then impacts the freedom and free flow in our lives. So yeah. I want to speak a little bit to that because one of the the things that I noticed on your on your website and I and I had something similar years ago you speak about freer voice freer life and that's a yes. beautiful beautiful concept and on um, more than concept but let's use that word for now that I think is really um needed so talk talk a little bit about that how that's how you came about that theme and how you run with it now
1: Yeah well it, it really emerges you know, first and foremost, from my own experience that, like I said, when I found myself being willing to step into my own authenticity as a person, there was this corresponding effect that happened in my voice and vice versa, that those two things I just believe wholeheartedly that if you're someone who identifies as a singer, if you're someone who sings, even if you don't admit that to the world, but you know deep down inside that, you know, singing and voice is a very essential part of your expression. And spoiler alert, it is for everyone. But some people have different relationships to it and access to it. But if you are interested in pursuing your voice as sort of a form of creative expression, you will continually bump up against the areas of your life where you feel limited, unless, you know, you are willing to pursue both of those things simultaneously. I just learned, you know, probably the thing I know most about in this world um, is the sort of functionality of the voice. It's the thing, it's my like thing I've spent the most time in my life and have the most expertise on in an official sense. Like how does your voice work in your body, the function Mm -hmm. of your voice? But what I realized is, is that, that you can't change the functionality of your voice without it having a greater impact on your energies, how it is that you show up, how it is that you know yourself to be. In fact, whenever we create these somatic changes, there's sort of an ego death that happens because we have to shift our understanding of who it is that we are. So I just really, a a few years back, decided to name this truth explicitly that the work I was interested in doing, I mean, I love Love, love to help people sing. Like that's that's exciting for me. Um, but I just am not interested in that ex- exclusively. Like I'm interested yeah. in the in people who sing and then they go, you know what? I also am ready to leave my job. Yeah, yes, <laughs> you know, or this marriage <laughs> that I've been unhappy in for 20 years. I think it's time. And and it's uncanny how people will come to take voice lessons. Yep. or do voice coaching. And then suddenly they're like moving across the world, you know, like mm-hmm. I, it's just crazy. Now, there is a vibrational element to this too like if you are willing to vibrate your being you are shifting your cellular yourself at a cellular level when yeah. you make certain sounds especially new sounds that you haven't made before you change yourself so then there's this sort of momentum that comes with that where you're like i got to go do some other things too and so that's why i just and fully committed, I think, from here forward to just like being really explicit about naming this voice stuff. It ain't just about the voice. Like this yeah. is about your voice as a, a mechanism, a tool for healing, for transformation, for growth, for change. And yeah. and that's really at the heart of what I'm interested in in my own life as well.
0: Yeah. I, re- I particularly love that piece about making sounds that you didn't make before changing you at the cellular level and how true that is and i think that there's so many sounds that we make um you know instinctively or that we just we don't think about that are unconscious whether that's in states of pain or pleasure or whatever and we come away from those sounds so many people are so i will say um unconsciously mute in in expression that there's so much, even the sounds that we naturally wanna make that we don't make anymore to get back to that and how important and and profound that is. Um, It's really lovely to hear the way you phrase things because it hits home truth for me in all of my work and some of those, the ways that you phrase it sheds a slightly different um, light. So I'm going to ask you a little bit more about, um, you mentioned authentic self and authentic expression a few times. And of course, if we are using our voice to express that, there there will be a connection to whatever that is. Mm. So the expression is of. Whatever that authentic expression is, is of us and our and our true identity, our true self, whatever words, higher self, whatever words feel right for, for people listening. So what are some of the things that you would say are um, the ways to align that, to align mm-hmm. that vocal expression with that authentic part, that authentic yeah. self?
1: Well, so the essence of, well, first of all, I, I really... I think the word authentic self is fascinating and wrought, you know, like that, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And, and, and I think a lot of people, I've been challenged on that word before rightfully, because it can sound like some hooey if you're like, what you know, what are you talking about? You know? Um, And I think that's a really fair question. And I think that authentic self is not something that we um, that, we sort of can't uncover a name, I think it's an experience that we have. So there are these moments where we are singing or using our voice or showing up in this world and we feel aligned. It just yes. feels like us and we can't even explain why. You just like know from head to toe, like here I am, this is it. And for a lot of people, singing is like a fast track into that whether they think they're good at it or not like they have these moments where they're in the shower or they're in the car or they're at church or they're whatever walking down the street and they just let it rip and they go oh yeah that's it (laughs) like that feels like the good stuff you know and so the the path to finding that more often is to do it more often yeah Um, one of my teachers said and I've, i've always i I have a podcast, also the name Free Your Voice, For Your Life. And there's an episode that's named after this phrase that was given by one of my teachers that she used. And she said, to know the sound is to make the sound. The only way to know the sound is to make the sound. <laughs> and, and you know, there's this greater uh, narrative that you are the sound. Yeah. So there isn't a sound... There's potential. Well, a question I asked recently of my listeners is what is a sound that you can't make? Like, and that's a sort of a thought experiment. And then what are the sounds that you're not willing to make? Yeah. So if you want to explore your authentic self, you need to be willing to step into sounds that you might not have made previously or known that you could make it's mm-hmm. one of the beautiful parts about improvisation is, yeah. you know, it's a fast track into exploring the different parts of our voice. Um, yeah. And just as a quick shout out, my path to improvisation is through the work of Bobby McFerrin, oh, uh, who has you know been a champion of circle singing and improvisational singing in community. And that's very much at the center and the core of the work that I do. Even the work that I do when I create immersive sound experiences is, is built on those yes. improvisation models. But I came to that because I spent a lifetime studying classical music and sacred music and all sorts of, you know, different types of styles. And I got to this point with my voice where I was like, I don't know what the hell to sing. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to sing. And that's when I went to circle singing and I was like, oh, I don't have to know. Like I can just let it flow through me. And then like suddenly I know more about myself and that actually informs what it is that I want to sing. So for a lot of folks, what I'm saying won't sound like a clear path because I'll often say like, you just got to make some sounds. And, and obviously there are strategic ways to do that through coaching or group coaching work. Um, but it's can start with the investigation of what sounds am I willing or not willing to make? What sounds do I believe are possible? For me, And then yeah. the last thing I'll say is the most important element of this, the most objective element you have is the experience in your body of making the sound. So a sound that feels freer and easier in your body is a more authentic and free sound. If a sound feels uncomfortable, if it feels tight, if it feels constricted, if it feels uneasy, that is a sound that is not as aligned with the whole of who you are. So I always want to include the somatic aspect because your voice is of your body.
0: Yeah, this is beautiful. And I and I really like that you kind of pulled a little bit about that authentic piece, because I do think that it is thrown around quite a lot, you know. Um, For me, it is it it really is as simple as just like we have a unique fingerprint, we have a unique sound print. And in order to connect with that, it is through play. It is through exploring and curiosity and sounding and all of these things. So uh, the improv piece for me is quite huge. And I think that that can often be really scary, right, for people to... How do I let go and just let anything out? And in that, in that do, doing so, there's so much magic in that space. I will come back to that, but I just want to pull a few more nuggets yeah. from what yeah, yeah. you've shared. So a lot of what I, I, I train people to become uh, qualified sound healers as well. And one of the questions that often comes up is when I'm working with a client and I can intuitively sense that this is the sound that they need, but I'm not able to physically Mm -hmm. In that moment, create the sound. It's either too low in my range or so high pitched. I couldn't even try to make that sound in this space or I've tried many things and I'm not going to hit that, you know, I don't know, top G or whatever it is. Um, What's fascinating about sound and, and a lot of people are, I suppose, less aware of this piece is that the vibration of sound happens even when it's not audible Mm, to human ear and so often i invite people to create the sound in their imagination because that imagination and that visual piece is so powerful and the unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination so if you can imagine yourself sounding that high-pitched or low-pitched frequency note then the vibration still occurs which is what's so powerful and beautiful about this. So that improv and that play and that sounding is so important. And you can also explore what that would be in your imagination and in your mind for those sounds that physically perhaps your um, instrument is not capable of making in that moment.
1: I got to tell you, though, what's interesting about that. And I don't even I, I have to look for the exact research on this. I've heard this said before, and I believe it to be true that you can't, you literally can't imagine making a sound that you can't make. So if I hear like, if I hear a pitch that's outside of the human range, my capacity, I couldn't imagine it coming out of my body. Mm-hmm. I can't and this is why to know the sound is to make the sound so I would say to your you know a client in the situation or a student it's like that's such a great alert to what is possible for you yeah you know that that's gives you it's compelling evidence to work toward something because that is also going to be an avenue for connecting deeper with the work that you're doing. But like if I said I don't have a keyboard in front of me, but if I played a note on the keyboard that you could sing
0: mm-hmm.
1: without making a sound, you could right now feel that in your body. Yes. You could imagine yourself, even right now, as I'm just saying it, I'm sure you're imagining yourself singing, people listening, they're doing that. They, mm-hmm. We have this capacity and it's really quite profound. But what I was thinking to what you're saying is this is one of the laws of attraction, manifestation is like, if I can think it, it's by all means possible because mm-hmm. thoughts become things. And that is very true with sound. And that's why it takes me back to the science aspect where I promise you, you probably won't be able to think of yourself making a sound that you couldn't possibly make, if that makes sense.
0: It does make sense, though, in my personal experience, I think it's also sounds that we hear Mm. That might be of different frequency that that our physical instrument cannot make, and I mm. I say this because I've worked a lot in the voice coaching field as well, yep. and I know you probably will most likely will have come across the difference between the physical um, l- range limit and then the psychological mm-hmm. one, right? Those like I can't hit that high note, and then you're like right, that's right. cool, no problem, and then all of a sudden you're hitting it, and you're like yeah, you thought you couldn't, right. but then the instrument has a limit as to how high your larynx is going to go and how low your larynx is going to go. However, listening to music, listening to sounds, instruments, other things that have different frequencies to your voice may not be something that you can actually match, but you can imagine.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think I'm more thinking of like, a because I'm totally with you on, and what I'm referring to is I'm not referring to what people think they can sing, because most people don't.
0: Have yeah, of a full course.
1: Under, you know, I would say even me, like, I'm sure there are sounds that I haven't accessed, although part of my my disposition, my intentional disposition is to be fearless about, you know, it is my intention to to be open and willing to make any, any sound. sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and that's been like a very specific, intentional choice. Most people, that's not how they're moving throughout the world. Um, okay. They have a lot of fear around what sounds they should or shouldn't make. And so what I'm speaking to when I'm talking about that is the body's capacity to make mm-hmm. sounds and I guess I haven't really contemplated that idea of imagining the sounds of others so I have to think more on that but I I do believe in in the power of intention and I do believe in the power of imagination and I think a lot of times when people hear imagination it sounds um uh it sounds lighter mm-hmm. than it is you know yeah. like because it sounds like hui pooey like like mumbo-jumbo, and really imagination is how we make our way into anything yeah. new, it's how anything yeah. manifests.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the as you said, if you can imagine it, then it's possible, yeah. right? And yeah. we've seen that in so many ways in, in, in this world. And, and when it comes to that authentic piece, I often talk about um, authenticity and that expression somewhat like a, uh, what's the best way, a revolving door between our inner universe and the outer world
1: yeah. because
0: the alignment has happens when you're moving through life as you said yeah. those moment to moment to moment it's not i've reached my authentic self here on right. and forevermore <laughs> and so i love that you've kind of broken it down to it's those moments when you just know you are in that that Uh, frequency and you are aligned with how you express it, how you um, relate, how you are, what you're doing and all the different things and facets that we have in life where you can sense that that is exactly what needs to happen moment to moment. So I'm so pleased about that piece. I just wanted to bring it back because it's a nuance that's not often mentioned. And I really agree and and, and believe that to be true. So.
1: And we change, we're in constant change, you know, like, and this is one of the things that's so cool about the voice, I think, like your voice is of your body, and your body is constantly shifting and changing and aging, you know, yeah. it's aging. <laughs> you know you're moving on a train toward death and so there's this like there's this urgency and i say that with like like you know humor and love like, there's this urgency to keep intimate with this body as it shifts and it changes and it moves and your voice will the i mean very literally the sound that you make is not the sound that you made a number of years ago and yeah. we often i often meet people that are clinging to this old sound and they're find themselves in perpetual disappointment that they don't sound like they did when they were in high school. And I'm like, yeah, but you're in this beautiful body now that has new stories. And that information is still there. It's still being carried with you. It's still in the mix, but there's something new that constantly wants to emerge. We are creative beings and our voice Mm -hmm. is such a profound source for creation. So I love, I love, love, love the nature of the voice is at the nature of change.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think it's really lovely to bring in that um, piece around when, you know, you love teaching singing, because I'm also in the p- position where majority of people that come to me for voice coaching merge into the world of of using it for healing and transformation yeah. and impact. And, and so it's interesting how we then, in our own um, quest for authenticity, find ways to resonate that frequency that then allows the attraction of those people who are you know or either feel that it's congruent or they need it or they don't necessarily know that consciously i want to sing and then actually and i and i love that piece as well so in terms of some of the work that you do let's say um you said that you do group coaching what kind of things would you mostly focus on in a group setting because of course in a one-to-one it's very bespoke and personal so talk about the group session work that you do
1: Well, I'm going to, it's great because I'm going to launch this program in the new year that I've done before called Free Your Voice, Free Your Life, which is a group coaching program. And and, and to be perfectly honest with you, someone, I was hesitant for years to do group coaching. In fact, I didn't do it because of my experience in the one-to-one setting is that we are also unique. And there were these sort of like function. I mean, everyone, everyone is in a body that functions similarly to everyone else's body on a fundamental level. That's the good news. Uh, yeah. What makes that complicated is we're all the product of our experience and our conditioning, right. And so even though we have this similar functionality, there's an incredible variation. So I was so hesitant to bring people into a group to do the work because I was like, ah, what do you do if someone like is really stuck in this area? Well, Eventually, I bit the bullet because so many people were asking for it. And what I realized is, is that the beauty of the group work is the group, is the community. Because one of the things that happens is we all believe ourselves to be so individual, and we are, that we miss the fact that we're all sharing this experience of being in a human body. And so one of the beautiful parts that happens is people hear each other sing and they go, oh, I relate to that experience. That happens in my throat, too. I know that. Oh, I have the same fear too. Oh, that happened to you when you were in grade school? That happened to me too. And then suddenly there's this sense of community and momentum that comes with our collective energies. So I've just really grown to love this work. I think ultimately, if you want to facilitate like fundamental change in your voice, it really is best achieved in a one-to-one setting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's very, it is my experience and my body that I needed that one-to-one work to have someone externally give me that feedback. Um, The other thing that's so important is that uh, change can happen in as, in as short as one session, but integrated change generally takes a minimum of a couple of years. I mean, this is, you know, this is work that takes time because it's of the body. It's of the body, you know? Um, And so, so I don't promise any sort of quick, fix to anything but what i do promise is that right away you can be alerted to a whole new realm of possibility like suddenly Mm -hmm. you can make one sound and you can go well if i can do that like what else can i do and that's one of the things that's cool in the group work is that people start to see that in each other and they start to um in our in our last cohort of the Free your voice for your life group the we were like two weeks in and this woman quit her job (laughs) And I'm not saying that I take pleasure in people quitting their jobs, but we were all kind of like, whoa. And then, you know, so then it's people, other people started asking, well, maybe, you know, what, what is possible for me? And that was so cool. Like it was just really, really cool. I mean, she had been an accountant for many years. She wasn't happy in her work. The singing just like woke her up and you know, it pointed her on a new path. And I thought that was remarkable.
0: That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. So earlier you spoke about your path to where you are now, and you mentioned um, divinity and mm. the universe and the words that I completely relate to. And I, I wonder for you what this is like because of my own experience with improv. I wonder what it feels like for you in those moments when you are freely expressing and allowing yourself to play with sound. What feels? What do you feel in those moments, if anything? connected to what's your relationship with that the, with the divine and maybe channeling or things like that I just wonder know a little a little bit more about that space
1: yeah I know I appreciate that you know it's funny I I so having grown up in a, a religious setting um, I have thought to myself that particularly improvisational singing, is the future of any sort of devotional expression. Because I believe that, you know, I I don't, I don't think, uh, I think we're a long way off from there being no religions. Um, But I do think now more than ever, people are finding themselves questioning dogma, you know, questioning some of the institutional aspects of religion. And uh, I'm very, very fond of religion. I actually think, I love that there are um, institutions that have lasted for thousands of years. I think that speaks you know, a lot to what humans are capable of and what connects us. That being said, I know that these institutions have hurt so many people and there are so many folks who come to me, particularly having had profound experience in religious settings using their voice. And they're like, I don't know where to get that now. Mm -hmm. Where do I go for that? Well, you make it up. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't mean to make that so simple, but it is possible. So, <laughs> yeah. so when I am in this sort of flow of expression, you know, when I allow myself to. <laughs> you know, I let the syllables and the sounds flow through. Like I connect to something that feels like it's greater than me, what that is. I won't know in this lifetime, you know, I I don't need to know actually. Um, But I know that music and sound and voice are my quickest, most direct channel to that. And so every time I engage in that, whether it's in the shower or whether it's in an intentional space around sound as a healing modality or leading others in collective song, man, fast. I'm like, God exists. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people ask me about the improvisation as being like a light language or, you know, channeling. And um, and to just be honest, like that language doesn't resonate with me specifically in my experience. Um, I I don't take away from anyone else who uses that. Um, My path to it was very simply around literally improvising syllables. Yeah. You know, in the work I do to lead others in now, I developed something that um, if you're familiar with Bobby McFerrin, one of his um, colleagues and someone I've studied a lot with is a woman named Rhiannon, um, who is an incredible, incredible, incredible teacher of improvisational singing and the spiritual work. But she uses the language of personal language. So mm-hmm. when I just do what I did for you, then that feels like my personal language. And you talk about authentic self that feels like my authentic self in a way that words
0: mm-hmm. can't get
1: to, right? Like words are actually limiting. Yeah. You know, words keep us in the confines of language. And so when I, when I sing like that, you interpret me based on your experience and we, mm-hmm. we share something that feels like greater yes. than words could allow. Words yeah. will always fall short. Yeah. So I think that we're experiencing spirit
0: in that Mm. moment
1: through the spirit of improvisation and my personal experience in my voice in this body
0: yeah oh well thank you for the snippet that was straight to the heart for me that was beautiful thank (laughs) you um and i and i relate because a lot of the compositions that i create or a lot of my own when i'm in my voice baths i i rarely use words every now and then uh love or light and peace might fall into it but it's all vowel based and syllables so i i completely relate to that and i like that it's not i need to know what i'm connecting to because i don't think we really well maybe some people can say yes i know but for me i will say like you it's not the what or or who or what it's more about the the feeling of connection and this feeling of allowing the sound to come through you and flow through you for whatever is needed in that moment. And I love that free space. I love that sonic, magical, I don't know. It's just, it's so palpable when you're there that you sometimes I think, I wonder if I could really describe this. And I think, yeah. as you said, just words just fall short. There's just no way to quite describe that, um, that space. But it's a yeah. beautiful, magical one.
1: <laughs> it is, and, it, and it, it's a practice to be able to come to it. You know, like, yeah. I think that people hear me do what I did right then, and they I, I didn't just one day start doing that you know it's something that I return to over and over and over again because my you know I'm just like everyone else and that there's all sorts of bullshit that gets in the way of my story and so it's a practice of coming home it's like a homecoming each time that I sing and I allow myself and the thing that is so exciting to me about improvisation it's it's forever an exploration like it it's always a question mark it's always where else can I go Where else can I go? Where am I called to go? Where am I led Mm -hmm. to go? And so for me, it's like, where's the end of that? I never, I never will be satisfied. And that's, to me, like, so great. So exciting. There's always more.
0: There's always more. That's beautiful. I think that is, that is true for most things when it comes to our quest of learning. It's like that the... Uh, let's say the amount of studies or training or things that we do in life, we realize, oh, I've just scratched the surface of this, you know, and and that's the beauty in it, too, right? Yes. That's that you there you we are the evolving beings that will constantly be evolving as as things move forward. And I and I love that the question mark, the the adventure where where else can i go this is beautiful and of course those questions then as as you speak about voice and life i know you'd bring the, you marry those two in in your work as well there is then that uh, translation or parallel of what else is possible in my life? Like, I can just leave my job because I know there's something else, or I can leave this marriage after twenty years because I'm not I'm happy in it. Because I, I there's somewhere else that I can yes. go. I don't know, but there is, and that's yeah. that, that's so beautiful.
1: Yeah, and it's evidenced in the sounds that you make. You know, like that. That I, I, I know that. I mean, the voice is is universal in terms of the human aspect of it Mm. And, and, and we all, I mean, you know, there's tons of research that shows that you don't even have to be good at it. Like just, if you vibrate your body, you experience increased levels of dopamine, increased levels of oxytocin, decreased levels of cortisol you know, if you can, if you can make a humming noise, you can reap the benefits of singing, benefits of your voice. Um, and so, to me, like there's this just incredibly powerful aspect of of I don't know what is the reverberation of that like if if i can do this one simple thing and i can feel better about being in my body and maybe feel better about the world and then how does that impact how it is that i interact with other people how does it impact the space that i'm in you know um one of the things i do with the reset is so i I had the pleasure of creating uh this sound experience at orchestra hall here in chicago which is home to the chicago symphony orchestra Mm -hmm. and One of the exercises that I did before we even got started was to have people sit in silence and listen for the previous sounds that had taken place in that space. Because you're talking Yo-Yo Ma, you're talking Renee Fleming, you're talking Denise Graves, you're talking, you know, it's like Pearlman. You're talking some of the great classical musicians of our time, like they are echoing about through here and so Mm -hmm. what is the impact of the residual nature of their sound and we can ask that about ourselves too what is the impact of the residual the reverberation the resonance of Mm -hmm. my sound and the impact is greater if my intention is to be expansive with it yeah to be open you know Mm -hmm. to be curious to be generous to be gracious to be loving you know like all of that if i can offer that to myself
0: huge yeah yeah and it starts at home doesn't it offering it to yourself and then that being the expansion out into other community World at large, and and that is that's so precious. Oh, this is lighting me up so much. You're you're you know I'm so like yes 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 (laughs) everything that's coming out of your mouth. So um, talk a little bit about your your own creative practices because I know that you you improvise, you play, you have your work, and these are all things that are intertwined, not necessarily set one separate to the other. But what are some of the creative practices that you say, "Right today, this is what I've got to do," or "This is what I do every day." Talk a little bit about that if it's different from what you've already described.
1: Yeah, I mean, so one of my biggest creative practices is um I I use loopers to create like I said these immersive experiences. That in the immersion of that, so I had gone to a sound healing workshop at a place called the Menla Institute in upstate New York where we worked with um acoustic instruments like the gong and the crystal singing bowls and tuning forks and you know, um, metal bowls and so forth. Um, And while, while I was there, I was, I was immersed deeply previous to that in improvisational singing and particularly around leading groups Mm -hmm. in improvisational singing. And I don't know, I was just like at this workshop going, what would happen if we were singing while this was all happening, you know? And so I came home and got a looper at the time. And the and if, if anyone's not familiar, like a looper is a device that like records your voice and then you create layers or you you could record anything, but you create layers. But I was creating these loops with the intention of leading others. So Mm -hmm. I was like creating a, a improvised part that I would give over to like a section of the group. And then another part that meshed with that, that went, and this is the premise of circle singing. So to this day, years later, I still um, create these loops routinely and create layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of sound, some of which are rhythmic, some of which are um, drone like, Um, and then I integrate electronic beats with that. So Mm -hmm. I will utilize electronic beats and then create loops that um, align with the beats that are improvised phrases that I create. So my practice around singing very much centers this sort of creation. And if you know, I have lots of recordings out in the world on um, all the streaming services and and insight timer, the insight timer app, where you can hear a bit of what it is that I'm doing. Um, And that is, it is just a practice. It's something recently, I transitioned all of my hardware gear into um, an iPad, because I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling. And I was like, how can I travel more lightly? And so it was very difficult to do, but it's been very creatively invigorating to have like a new mode of doing what it is that I do. So I've really been hot and heavy on it lately, just like every day sitting down on mm-hmm. the iPad and like singing and creating layers and making new sounds. I also use effects on my voice, too. So um, I just try to make my voice sound like as many different things as possible.
0: Beautiful, all part of the play. Yeah. I love that. And and when I checked out some of your videos, I, I really love because this is what I said, my I thought, oh, I, I definitely need to reach out to Davin and, and and have a chat. That you and and I will want I will um say that I believe this to be true, having spoken to you for 40 minutes now. <laughs> for, for you um as a person, you'll let me know if I'm on on track here. But there is something about this. Uh, collaboration and and marriage between this um, digital modern yeah. age and the and the natural aspects and nature aspects so much so that your visuals are you with your your looper and everything in a in forest earth. somewhere in the <laughs> woods and it's just like you're just dancing with the trees it's just so beautiful to witness and I and I can sense that in you now this really deep connection to that. Um, Natural nature being that you are with this modern world that we're living in and marrying that so beautifully in your work.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, because I think what I was going to say earlier that I forgot to say is I remember when I was at this workshop, the people that were hosting it were very sort of against using amplified sound. <laughs> you know, that there are purists that don't think that, and, and that's fine. You know, I, in certain spaces, I would be against it too. Um, and like I said, what I do verges, it's closer to a concert than like, say, a traditional sound bath. But yeah. typically people are on their backs the whole time. You know, sometimes people move their bodies. Um, but the, the, the thing I'm interested in actually is the voice aspect of the digital work that I'm doing because of the humanity,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so I'm actually not interested. I've, I've played around with synthesizers and things like that. And, you know, I could utilize those. But any sound that you hear, other than the beats, any mm-hmm. sound that you hear in my music, other that's not acoustic, that's not like a crystal singing bowl or a gong or a tuning fork, any sound you hear is of my voice. Yeah. And to me, that's really the exciting part about the work is that no one could ever duplicate it. No you know, and no one could ever make the sounds that I make. Like, you know, there. I I, I fear that we're on the verge of AI being able to come close, but (laughs) there's still like a truth. There's like a truth to my voice that is only reflected in me using my voice through these tools. So I think that there's an organic Nature to my experiences that even though they're amplified and even though they, again, move toward music, it's still something that feels natural in its expression. I mean, and the other aspect of this, too, is I never plan in advance. Again, with the exception of the beats, I will plan the beats, but I never plan in advance additional ways in which I'm going to use my voice. I just kind of like roll with it and see what comes through and usually what's coming through is inspired by the people that I'm with this inspired by the trees the space you know like that's the inspiration for the sound
0: yeah yeah that's beautiful and I and I relate to that very much and the compositions that I do roughly half an hour sonic experiences they're all one take it's just whatever needs to come out in that moment and then I can brush things up but I never yes. go back and redo because it feels like it's coming away from what wanted to naturally yes. emerge. And I know the pr- process of re of editing. I mean, I was a session singer. I used to do all sorts. And I can imagine that how many times I had to sing something and then let's just get this harmony. Let's double all that kind of stuff. It's so not that. Yes. though. I'll I will play with harmony and bringing things in, and cool. and a lot of the work that I did with choirs was very much that. Not so much improv, but we would create all the sounds. and Most of my background in in the choir field is acapella, and mm-hmm. so we would have the bass would be the sound, you know, yep. creating those doom 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 those kind yeah. of sounds, and then someone else creating a, a drum beat, and so it would all be. This orchestra of voices creating it and, and that particular what, what you're saying, I, I like that because there is this element of um, a possibility again yes. of what we yeah. can create and what we can create and what comes together. Um, I always
1: I always tell people at my experiences and I don't think they believe me, but I mean it that <laughs> yeah. it's a co-creation. Mm -hmm. because what I'm doing is inspired by their presence in the space that what I created would be, you know, not the same if they weren't there. And and it's also true of the physical space that I'm in, depending on the hall that I'm in or the building or whatever, like that is all, all um, blending in integrating into the sounds. The sounds are dependent upon those things. And I don't take those things for granted. I'm so grateful for that. You know, me in the woods is a very different experience than... Me in a room with a bunch of people.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yes, <laughs> that collaboration, that connection, that offering—it's it, this, and it's an energetic exchange on so many levels. Yes. So I do have a, a question about voice because this is something that I'm noticing more and more, um, maybe more and more consciously now um, in my life, personally, not just in the in the work field. Um, how much do you? um how what's the best way to phrase this how much are you able to read a person that we all do this consciously and unconsciously (laughs) in life right you know someone walks into a room oh I really like their vibe you know we're talking about them as an energy being or there's something that's off for me we're not quite sure what the intuition all of that but coming to the voice how much can you read by listening to someone's voice about them and where they are in that moment, their state of being and such?
1: Yeah, oh, I love that question. I mean, (laughs) look, that's as close as I know myself to be in terms of the psychic realm. Like, you know, and and, and I don't, (laughs) like, it certainly stems from intuition. I really, I'm a full, wholehearted believer in the power of intuition and deep knowing. And, you know, and I think that so much, so many of us are conditioned away from, touching that spiritual aspect of ourselves that gut feeling but but that being said i've been coaching for um i I, it's like 22 years now so i've heard a lot of voices and what happens over time is that you start to identify patterns so and and this is where um like archetypes come in Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. and
1: so you start to hear that oh Certain experiences with certain sounds, certain ways in which people experience constriction or tension or they feel stuck or they feel inhibited wow. or someone who struggles to make a louder sound or someone who really can't pull their voice back. Those are reflective of other areas of their lives. Yes. I heard this is um, a number of years ago. I was at a conference Uh, For it's called the voice foundation here in the US in Philadelphia. And I sat in on a talk with some speech pathologists that had done research around and uh, pardon if this is a trigger for anyone but childhood sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And and vocal injury in the relationship to childhood sexual abuse, like voice pathology, that it was very, very common for folks who had, you know, voice pathology, particularly lesions on the vocal folds or, um, you know, calluses or uh, whatever, whatever language you want to use around them. Nodules is what people used to say Um, in a a history of childhood sexual abuse. And I say that to say that our voice again is of our body. It's the primary way in which we can or can't express ourselves. And it always tells the story of where we are right there in that moment in our relationship to the whole. So, you know, you know, based on how someone's (laughs) communicating with you, you know, you do. Yeah. And so there's so much in all of our sounds for better or for worse, but this is also why like the work that you do and the work that you're guiding others to do is so powerful because if you can channel that sound, Mm. you can align that sound in a way that is moving towards healing. That's moving towards growth. It's moving towards transformation. Again, you write a permission slip for that other person to do the same, to break free of the traumas of their past.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, the patterns are huge, and I know there's a lot of research around that. I had a, a very clear example of that before training as a sound healer, actually. I went into um, a clinic with for women with eating disorders. Yeah. And at that time, I was going, I mean, sound healing, Unofficially, because of course you're doing it anyway. But right. I went in to work with them as a choir and to bring sound and singing just to help them lift their mood and help them feel better. And the transformation after six weeks in that, in going to just do weekly sessions for six weeks was so mind blowing. One, the the voices were usually quite soft and whispery and, you know, they weren't, you know, very connected to their sound as a generalization. Of course, that's not everyone's experience. And then when we started working and this was just with some traditional repertoire, like what do you want to sing today and bringing harmonies and all of this stuff, the more connected. Mm-hmm. We all became in those moments to our voice, our sound to each other, the more transformative it, it was. And I, the feedback was, I actually, um, in my last few sessions with my therapist, finally was able to voice yeah. what this stems from. Or now I'm able to tell my family what it felt like when dot, yeah. dot, dot. And it's just so, so beautiful and rewarding. Yeah. That that something, as you said, in such a short space of time can be such a life transformation. I don't take that for granted either.
1: Yeah. The voice working with the voice and on the voice in particular is always simultaneously working the somatic embodied experience of the voice yes. and the metaphor of the voice. You yes. know, it's always you, you're never just talking about. The vibration. Yeah. You're talking about the implications, the vibration, the stories, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's very, very powerful. And if you think about, especially, I mean, so many women in particular have experienced a lifetime of feeling like they were meant to be quiet, that they were not able to speak up, especially anyone who has been um, has been in culture has has told them that they were part of a marginalized community. You know, this was very much my experience from a young age is that if I was on stage and I was performing like I was allowed to express myself boldly, but in other situations and scenarios, you know, I was meant to keep it under wraps yeah. and uh, and that has has implications for how it is that you're able to show up in your life. Um, And then what happens though, is it can have somatic implications. There can be, you know, nervous system regulation issues. There can be actual physical chronic constriction as a result of the protective mechanism of feeling like you needed to stay quiet or you couldn't express yourself or you couldn't say, you know, what the truth of your experience was. So I always, I always feel like if I'm able to help someone pull back, You know, one layer of that, it's going to reveal the next one, which will continue Mm -hmm. to, you know, allow them to find, to get back to that authentic self, to build, you know, bring that full circle, to get back to the essence.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful, and I think it's sometimes it's it's very obvious when the these conditionings have happened, whether yes. it's like the teacher or the parent or whoever's in authority. You know, better to be seen, not heard. You Everyone's know, got child, that story. You don't speak. this all these things that we have, yes. but sometimes it's those unconscious things that are born yes. too, right? That we're not even aware. Where? Why is it that I'm not speaking up? Or yes. what is it that's um hard for me to express? I know my own story was very much I had And I wouldn't say it was one thing in particular, but it was definitely um, a few things that I could consciously bring to mind as an adult in reflection. But for me, it was being afraid of confrontation. I felt like I could speak up in my home and everything and I could speak, but it was this confrontation that would just Mm -hmm. somehow my voice would just get a little quieter and I was able to, you know, express myself. But why am I, why is this voice different? You know, it's the telephone voice is different to the one that you might speak to your children with or your father with or so I find it how interesting that we adapt and the way the voice changes to suit yeah. that external uh, catalyst.
1: And, and it's remarkable. I mean, it's remarkable that it does, right? You know, like, <laughs> it's, like ultimately that's a gift because it's a protective mechanism. It's yes. a mechanism for survival. It's also a mechanism for flourishing, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the, That's what I think when you, when someone tells me a story like that, the first thought I've conditioned myself to think is like, thank God you have that deep knowing, you know, you have that deep knowing. But now that you've identified it, let's really ask ourselves, is that serving your current situation? Yes. At some point you learned that that was what was necessary, but is that. (laughs) <laughs> but is that what's happening now? You know, yeah. so if not, yeah. let's step into a new, something new. Let's try to condition something new. Let's connect yes. with the real truth of your current situation.
0: Yes, Powerful. yes. Powerful. And a lot of the inner child's work comes up there as well, mm, really, yes. because gosh, don't we know, don't we know. So yeah. very random thrown about question. And I like to ask sound healers this question because it's it's hard to choose one. But let's just say that there was one. What sound do you love?
1: <laughs> you know the f- <laughs> my voice is the first thing i wanna
0: say. <laughs> I love the sound of my voice. It's true, Good. you know it's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, i mean i guess like yeah. Um that's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Don't that's change sort of it. like, don't change it. That's okay. just exactly. All right. I'm exactly feeling like exactly. slightly
1: self-conscious about that choice, but, <laughs> but that is honestly, like I, and I honestly, even, even people who have a complicated relationship with their their voices, we all love the sound of our own voice because, because it's an experience. Like the sound of my voice is not just a sound, it's an experience, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I'm so grateful to have access access to that. Um, But I will say I do want to also add that I grew up in uh, uh, Michigan, uh, the state of Michigan in the US and um, there are these like fields like these like meadow type fields and I think about like a warm summer day where the breeze is blowing like the sound of the tall grass like in the leaves moving through that sound um, is a very strong and even like when I think of the sound I can feel the heat, like the temperature of my body. Beautiful. So, so that's also a very powerful sound for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I know that you, you laughed and we kind of had a tongue in cheek exchange, but I absolutely want to actually honor that because a lot of the work that we both do is helping people yeah. to love their voice. Yes. It is helping them to connect with that sound and go, you know what? Yes. Yes. This, this and giving themselves permission to just be and sound and allow that out. And so loving your voice is the absolute yep. truth. And, and it's beautiful. So as much as we can laugh about it, I do want to kind of bring that honor to it because I appreciate that. Thank you because it's so beautiful and I I love the sound of my voice as well and I can pick out a few different things in nature for me it's very much the sea and I and I can't wait to be in in the beach in the sun um that's coming soon and so all of that just to say this is so beautiful I I love that um these conversations could go on and on but I want to kind of keep it to roughly around this this hour time for my guests and I just wanted to say first of all thank you thank you for your presence and You know, just for the work that you do, I I feel so connected in the sense that we have a a lot of commonality and threads that I feel are are really resonant in this moment as well. So I'm so grateful and, you know, helping others to really own and claim the power of their voice. There is... I don't want to say there's nothing like it, but really, there is nothing. No, like there isn't. It. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like it. And I'm so grateful to you. So thank you so much for your presence today, Dov, and I really appreciate you.
1: Yeah, it's my my pleasure, and you know, in in all the great mythological traditions, singing does sit at the top of the arc of of uh, the artistic creative hierarchy. There is there is no experience, you know, dancing is probably the closest that you can get, but there is no um, more holistic experience of oneself in creativity and new creation than using one's voice. So, so I used to be a little apologetic about that, but I'm like, no, it's true. You know, the experience of playing your Guitar is awesome, but it's not the same as singing. And usually guitar players want to sing too. So, uh, yeah, so I've, I'm I've on had embassion. many debates
0: about this with my musician <laughs> friends. I love it. So, I will, of course, put all of your links below this episode. And I like to end these um, podcasts with the same question to all of my guests. And that is, what is your soulful sound to the world, a mm. self prayer or desire that you mm. wish on the world?
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like in the current, there are a lot of existential threats that we are up against currently. And in the midst of that, we can feel our own presence or our own capacity to be quite futile or small. And so I wish for me to remember for myself and for everyone that, I might come into contact with to know the profound and deep power that they have toward creating positive um, change toward expansion toward growth toward creation toward flourishing Um, so my sound and my prayer is that we all maintain a deep 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 knowing of our capacity to move the trajectory of, of this whole human story toward more wholeness and toward more love
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for that. That's a sound that's reverberating right now yes. in the world. Thank you for your time today, Davin. It's been a pleasure.
1: My pleasure. Loved this conversation. Thank you so Me much.
0: You too. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share it with your friends and remember to subscribe. From my heart to yours, sending you love, healing and sound wherever you are.